Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit. With subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone, to Fire Talk Radio tonight. We're really glad that you joined us, whatever part of the world that you're listening from. If it's in the Philippines or Africa or Nigeria, I do know for sure that those those countries are listening, so or and different parts of the United States. So wherever you're listening from, I'm glad that you joined us tonight. You're in for a special, wonderful time of the Holy Ghost uh, presence and and His anointing in the Word of God and um, having uh, the Kingdom Gathering Fellowship Bible Fest. Study, the, the Kingdom Gathering Bible Study with uh, Dr. Frank Summerall, and it's going to be a wonderful time tonight, so there will be a time that we do communion, so um, if you could be prepared for that, and I'm good. with no further ado, I'm going to hand you over to Dr. Frank Summerall to take your liberty in the Holy Ghost, sir. Well, thank you very much, Deborah. You're welcome. And so what we're doing here, we're going to start another series. This is a series having to do with the book of Daniel. In Hebrew, Daniel means God is my judge. And we find out that through the teaching of Daniel, you know, we always think of Daniel in the den of lions. We think of that. We think of the he, the, the uh, Hebrew children in the fire. We think of that. And we think of other things in the book of Daniel. But actually, in real time speaking, Daniel was a major prophet for the end times, all the way from the beginning of 616 B.C., all the way through to the coming of the Lord and to the other side, the Lord coming with his saints, speaking directly of how long a span of time we're talking about. It's the 27th book of the Bible. It has 12 chapters. Amazingly enough, it has 357 verses. That comprises the book of Daniel. We're going to look a little bit about the history and go into it, because that's what we're going to do. Basically, we're going to talk first about the first chapter of Daniel and how it came to be. Daniel was a Hebrew captive. He rose to the powerful insight of the empires of Babylon and Persia. As a statesman, he, he was a major diplomat. So without the book of Daniel, many other prophecies would be unclear. You couldn't understand what we are saying. So this is actually a commentary of the times of the Gentiles. This is what Daniel would be a reference to. Let's look over at Jeremiah chapter 25. Jeremiah 25 gives more insight in regard to that and, and the reasons why Israel was taken to Babylon and the duration, the timing involved. It was such an amazing word that was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. Again, he was in Babylon at the same time. So in the 25th chapter, it mentions something in the direction of what we're talking about. It has to do with the king Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah. This is in the first verse. And Josiah, the king of Judah, that was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon which Jeremiah the prophet spake unto all the people of Judah and all of the inhabitants of Jerusalem. 
Now, this is giving a little bit back history because it talks about the fact that Daniel was under uh, Nebuchadnezzar and that he saw empires coming together. And all of the empires that he saw were prophetic because even down to our time, it's been mentioned about the image that we'll look in chapter 2. But talking about that, it mentions all the way down. And what I want to direct your attention to, uh, verse 5, it said, And they said, Turn you again now, everyone, from his evil ways, the evil of your doing, and live in the land that the Lord has already given you to your fathers forever and ever. And don't go after other gods. Don't serve them or worship them. But provoke me not to anger with the works of your hands, and I will do you no hurt, or allow no hurt come to you. But you have not listened, that you might provoke me to anger in the works of your hands to your own hurt. Now go down to verse 11. It said, this whole land will be in desolation and astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. That's where we get that 70-year period. It was prophesied by Jeremiah. Also, Isaiah prophesied around that same time. And so these men were, that were taken there. So let's look at the first chapter of the book of Daniel. And we are seeing some background here. That's why we're taking a little bit extra time to give us an entrance to understanding a little bit about the book of Daniel. It's just one of the more prophetic books. Along with Daniel, you can read the book of Revelation. It makes a lot of a lot of more sense to us. And uh, as we read that, Daniel, like I said before, only had 12 chapters. And so as we look at this, we, we will notice something very, very particular, that one of the things about Daniel, number one, he was a man of integrity. Number two, not only was he a man of integrity, but he knew his God. Not only was he a man that knew his God, but he knew the times that he was living in prophetically. And number four, we could say about him that he would prophesy exactly what God told him to say at that point in time. So no one could pull any chain that he had because he was not connected to men. He was connected to God. Well, let's look at this here just for a moment here. It said in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah came Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon to Jerusalem and besieged it. That means he, he took it down, totally took it out. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, unto his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried in the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. He brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. Now, how did he know about that? If you do a little research, you find that Hezekiah had some of these kings came down, and he got so excited about them, uh, you know, that uh, Hezekiah was given some time period when where he was not going to live, and so they were kind of playing both sides of the fence, so to speak, and they said, oh, you're, you poor Hezekiah, we're so sorry that you're so sick. And uh, because they came and visited him, then he showed him everything. And the Bible says that he showed, Hezekiah showed them all the wealth. And so when they came and conquered Jerusalem, they took everything. They stripped him out of everything else because it was already shown ahead of time, prophesied by the word of the Lord, says the things that you have showed to these men, they're going to take it all. And that's what happened during 
the time of coming to Babylon. And so that's what he was talking about. The king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of eunuchs, that he should bring a certain children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the princes, children in whom there was no blemish, well-favored, skillful in all wisdom, cunning in knowledge, understanding science, such as have the ability in them to stand in the king's palace, to whom they might teach the learning the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them daily provision of the king's meat, and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them for three years, that the end of it they might stand before the king. Among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now these names were the Jewish names. So they changed their name when they got to Babylon. Now, I've got good news for you. Whatever your name was before you've come to Jesus, Jesus will change your name. He'll change your name. If you're sick, he'll call you healed. If you're poor, he'll call you rich. Whatever might come down the pike, I'm telling you, our God can change our name. But in this situation, it was a negative situation because they wanted to change the name into Babylon. They tried to make them in every which way. They tried to make them a, a people that belonged to Babylon. And what uh, actually what happened, Daniel said, no, no, that's not going to happen with me. So listen to what they call their names. They renamed them, gave them to Daniel, the name of uh, Belteshazzar, and to Hananias of Shadrach, and to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. So that's what you have with those men. But here's the key right here in verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart. <laughs> oh, Daniel had a heart for God. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. You said, what he's talking about defiling himself? Because all the foods that they brought before them were already offered before their gods, the other gods, the Babylonian gods. And so those, I mean, the food they were about to eat was offered by their priests to their god before they went to eat that food. And so Daniel said, I'm not going to find myself. Just give us something easy to eat. Just give us water to drink and give us a pulse. Means like vegetables, and uh, so I don't think their diet was the most exciting diet. But anyway, that's what they wanted, and that's what they got. So Daniel purposed in his heart he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God brought Daniel into favor. Now did you get that? Immediately, as soon as he got there, Daniel had favor. Only God can give favor. The favor of God on you, and just one day of favor is better than uh, multiplied thousands of dollars because favor can carry you anywhere. He had favor. Notice this. He had favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord, the king, who has appointed your meat and your drink and wash it to see your faces liken that you see your faces worse than the children which are of you. Then you make me endangered, my head, to the king. That means if you don't look good enough, I'm going to die. Then Daniel said to Melchizedek, to the prince of the eunuchs, he said over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He said, here's what we'll do. We'll have a test. He said, prove your servants, and I beseech you ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat. Now, in that pulse were vegetables, lentils, grains, 
barley, rye, peas, beans, all kind of good stuff, and wheat. That would have been the pulse. So they could mix that together so they wouldn't have to eat that meat. And yet, the countenance was greater in ten days than all the others together. So I said, prove your servants. Ten days, and let them give them pulse to eat, water to drink. Then let our countenances be looked upon, and the countenance of the children eat the portion of the king's meat, as you see, deal with your servants. And he consented to them in this matter, and he proved them ten days. For ten days he did this. At the end of ten days, their countenance appeared fairer and fatter in the flesh than all. The children which did eat the portion of the king's meat, that Melzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine they should drink, and gave them pulse. As for these four children, God gave them. Now get this. The blessings of God came on them when they were obedient to the Lord, and they said, Lord, we are not going to defile ourselves with any heathen practices. We will not do that. We will follow you totally and wonderfully and gloriously. And that's what they decided to do. In verse 17, as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding and all visions and dreams. Now, at the end of the days, the king, he said he should bring them in. And the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before uh, Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them. That means he had fellowship. He talked with them. And among them, none was found like Daniel, Hananias, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they stood before the king. In all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians, astrologers, and all that were in his realm. That covered a lot of territory, all his realm. I mean, that was a huge area. And Daniel continued even to the first year of the king of Cyrus. So that's a little beginning there. It having to do with the book of Daniel. And Daniel is most interesting because he trusted God. He believed God. He said, no matter what they tell me to do, God comes first. Don't care what they have to say. And, it, and doing that was so amazing, so powerful, and so wonderful, and so glorious that what we see here is obedience to the destiny that God had set before him. Amazing. Now, we know that we don't know the, any really the background of Daniel. It doesn't say much about him. It just says he appeared, and they brought him in chains all the way from Jerusalem all the way to Babylon. We know that much. But we know that in his heart, nothing could put that down because he had such a relationship to his God. And as he brought his young men with him, these were things that were going to happen. And those things that were going to take place were so amazing. What I want to go over is the fact that the interior of their lives was so great because they served a mighty God. And in our days that we live, wherever you work, wherever you go, they ought to be able to say about you, yeah, that goes a God person there. She is following the Lord. He is following the Lord. They ought to be able to tell that by the way we walk and by the way we talk. So, so it, just, it totally amazes me to hear that and to know that and to understand those things. So in respect to that, this, this is what they were. The eight qualifications demanded by the king. First thing, they had to be princes. That means they walk like a prince, they talk like a prince, they acted like a prince. God had to give them special favor in that direction. Then they had to be young. 
He wasn't going to take anybody old, not even 30 years old. He was going to take the cream of the crop, creme de la creme. And so having to do with the fact and understanding about that, then they had to be without blemish. That means a facial part of their, you know, every part of their being had to be just right. They had to be without blemish. Nothing that would hinder them in the sight of the king. They had to be handsome. Well, how about that? That's something else. They had to be knowledgeable. They had to be well-educated. Now, of course, we know in the background of Daniel, there must have been something back there, the fact that he was educated because he walked with people, he talked with people, he talked to the, the different priests. He knew Isaiah. He knew other leaders. And so he was educated by the company that he kept. And they had to be proficient in sciences. So the things that they studied, the things they went over, then they had to show refinement and polish in order to even stand before the king. So after their names were changed, after their names were changed, then that did not change their character. I like that. After their names were changed, that did not change their character because they took on the God character. Did you know you're of the God kind? Did you know that you're anointed, that you're blessed, that you're joyful, you're peaceful, the righteousness of God runs and rules through you? Let the river of God flow through you today no matter what you're in, that we are the victorious ones. We are the blessed ones. We are the ones that God has called forth. And so Daniel had that anointing on him, had that glory on him, had something down deep in his heart, deep in his spirit. I tell you what, they saw the difference. And when people see us, they are going to know the difference when you're the people. So he made a decision a classic decision, he said, I will not defile myself with the king's meat. Uh, and after he did that, he came and presented himself for the king. He said, you're, you're ten times better in all these wisdom, all those type of things. Now, the blessing of the Lord came on him in such an extent. Now, in that kingdom, in the Babylonian kingdom, did you realize that you can go back in history and check it out, all of the heathen practices started back across there where the Tigris and the Euphrates came together. And the city Babylon itself was given over to witchcraft. And, and I'll talk about that just a little bit here. But the great cities of the world, they either gravitate toward God or they go gravitating toward the devil. And so we see here, Babylon was a city full of astrologers, full of witchcraft, full of people that can interpret dreams. And so now we're going to see the test that takes place. So let's look at this here for a moment because we are dealing with something very positive and powerful and wonderful that God wants to show his power and his might, that he is the one that gives us wisdom, that gives us all these wonderful things that God has put inside of our spirit, and we just have to come to the time and the place where our destiny is. Now, God gives a dream. God will speak to us in dreams and visions. But to this king, he gave such a dream, and the dream talking about the end times all the way down to where we are today. Okay, let's look over here. Let's begin reading in Daniel chapter 2. This has to do with the great image. In the second year, the king of Nebuchadnezzar, he dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled. 
and his sleep break from him. He couldn't uh, go back to sleep. The king commanded that he, now what did he do? He called the magicians. Now notice the difference there. He called the magicians. Then after the magicians, what else did he call? The astrologers. Those are the ones that are astrological, having to do with the signs of the skies. That's what they do. Magicians have magic tricks. These astrologers were people that were worshiping the stars and the moon and things of that nature. The sorcerers, having to do with the demonic power, the Chaldeans did all kinds of things. You do study on that. And they brought them together in a collection in order to bring the dream back so he could understand it. And the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream. And my spirit was troubled to know the dream. And the Chaldean spoke up, says, he spoke to the king in Syriac. He said, O king, live forever. Tell us, your servants, the dream, and we will show you the interpretation. And the king answered, said to the Chaldeans, the thing is gone for me. But if you will not make known unto me the dream and the interpretation thereof, you're going to be cut in pieces and your houses going to be made a dunghill. But if you show the dream and the interpretation thereof, you'll receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor and the interpretation thereof. So they answered again, said, let the king tell the servant the dream and we will show the interpretation. The king answered, said, I know of a certainty that you would gain the time because you see the thing gone from me. But if you will not make known unto me the dream, but one decree is for you, and you have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me until the time be changed. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I know that you can show me the interpretation thereof. But the Chaldeans answered and said, O king, there's not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore, there's no such king that lord or ruler that ever asked such thing of a magician or astrologer or a Chaldean. It's a rare thing that you're asking here. Other than Shoah, whose dwelling is with the gods. You see that small g? That means the demonic god, those spirits. That's what it deals with. Verse 12. He said, for this cause the king was angry and furious and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. Well, Daniel got involved too at that point in time. They had the Chaldeans, they had the astrologers, they had the magicians, and then they even pulled Daniel into it. All the wise men. So they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. That's pretty bad. That means they were going to kill him. And Daniel answered with counsel to the wisdom of Ariok, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He said at Ariok, he said, why is the decree hasty for the king? And Ariot made known the thing to Daniel. And Daniel went in and desired to see the king. He would give him time that he would show him the king's interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known unto Hananiah, Michelle, Azariah, and his companions. And they would desire mercies of God, of heaven, concerning this secret. But Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. I mean, the king was so mad he was ready to kill anybody. And this was the secret revealed to Daniel, how? In a night vision. Now, that shows you something right there. There are day visions and there's night visions. This was a night vision. The night vision that came to him, 
Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. He changes the times and the seasons. He removes the kings. He sets up kings. and He gives wisdom to the wise and the knowledge to them that know understanding. He reveals the deep and the secret things. He knows what is in darkness. The light dwelleth with him. Oh, I thank thee and praise thee, O God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might. You make known unto me what we desired of you, for you have none to make known of the king's matter. So Daniel went into Ariok, whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men. And he said, Destroy not the wise men, but Babylon, but bring me in before the king, and I will show unto the king the interpretation thereof. So Ariok, he brought in Daniel before the king in haste. That means he did it in a hurry. And he said unto him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah that will make known unto the king the interpretation. And the king answered said to Daniel, Who say are you? He said, I'm Belteshazzar. Art thou able to make known unto me the dream that I've seen and the interpretation thereof? And Daniel answered in presence of the king. He said, The secret which the king hath demanded, cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers, show you the thing? But there is a God in heaven, I like these right here, that reveals secrets and makes known unto King Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and the visions in your head upon the bed are these. And he went right to it. Spirit of God came on him. He started speaking it out, and therefore this is what it said. He said, as for you, O king, the thoughts that came upon your mind and upon your bed, which had come to pass, he that reveals secrets and makes known unto you what shall come to pass. So he was telling the king exactly what was going to take place and what was going to happen. And the king was just, you know, sitting on the edge of his chair waiting for it to happen. Knowing what's going to he said, but as for me, the secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom any more than but, but for their sakes that I make known the interpretation and that you might know the thoughts of your heart. Okay. I saw, and behold, now this is it. The dream came all the way back because God gave the dream, and he wanted Daniel to be blessed by giving the interpretation of the dream. He said, what you saw, king, was a great image. This great image, the brightness was excellent, stood before you. And the form thereof was terrible. That means it was really something else. This image head was made of fine gold, and the breast, arms of silver, his belly and thighs of brass, his legs and legs of iron, his feet, part of the iron and part of the clay. Then you saw that what happened was a stone was cut out without hands and smoked the image in the feet. That was the iron and clay, and breaks them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold were broken into pieces. Together became like a chaff in the summer threshing. And the wind carried away and found no place for them. And a stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. <laughs> That's something else. He came up with that and the king said, whoa, wait a minute. Who is this man? This is the man filled with God. He said, in this dream, we will tell the interpretation, therefore, before the king. O king, art a king of kings. For the God of heaven had given you a kingdom of power and strength and glory. 
and whatever the children men dwell, the beasts of the field, the fowl of the heavens, have given in your hands and made you ruler of them all. For thou art this head of gold. Now that starts it right there. The, the image that he saw in the plains of Durham, that's where it was located at, was this huge image. And the first part of the image was the head. He said, you are this head of gold. And then he went on to speak and, and talked about the different parts of this image, which actually speak in history to us. The Babylonian Empire. You are the head of gold. Then he said, this is what it's about. He said, after you, in verse 39, shall arise another kingdom, now get this, inferior to you. That means it will not be as great as this one is, but it's inferior. And so it will be silver. And then he goes on and talks about that. And he said, the belly and the thighs, the fifth world empire, talks about those different things. He said, another third kingdom, the brass, which shall bear a rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron. For as much as the iron breaks in pieces and subdues all things, the iron that breaks shall break in pieces all these things and bruise. Whereas you saw the feet, the toes, the part of the potter's clay, the part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, and there shall be in it much of the strength, the iron. For as much as you saw the iron mixed with the miry clay. Now that's where we are today. We're part of the iron, part of the clay. That's where we are right now. And the toes of the feet, that's where we're at with the bottom part. The part of the iron and part of the clay in the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. Whereas you saw the iron mixed with the miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave to one another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Now, verse 44. And in these days, the kings, God of heaven, will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. See, that went all the way, all the way from that time, from Babylonian time, all the way to the end of time. Set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom not be left upon the people, but it shall break into pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. That's the kingdom of God that rules forever and ever. For as much as you saw that a stone would not cut out of the mountain without hand, that break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, the gold, the great God has made known to thee. Had come to pass thereafter that the dream is certain and the interpretation thereof sure. My Lord, my Lord. I tell you, that king was shaken. He did a shake rather than roll on that time. Now, as we get into this, it's going to be something because as you discover history, you'll see exactly how this is so, and it follows it all the way down to the empires. And you that image, you put in your mind, put the image up there, you got the head of gold, and you've got the, the shoulders of brass or silver, and then you're moving down to the thighs, and, and then you have the brass part, and then down to the area of the head, you've got iron, and all the way down to the toes, and then what we have is iron mixed with clay. So in talking about this, this is one of the most amazing things that the king in Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshipped Daniel. Now, God doesn't want any man to be actually worshipped. He was just saying what God was saying through the dream. He was so shocked at the information that he had concerning that dream. 
And he went on to say, in the days of these things, the God of heaven set up a kingdom. He will set up a kingdom. And he tells them all these things. And so after the king fell on his face and worshipped Daniel, it commanded that they should offer an oblation and a sweet odor to him. The king answered to Daniel, said, of a truth, is your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, the revealer of secrets, saying you couldn't reveal this secret. Then the king made Daniel a great man into that room being a slave. He entered that room having just a little bit of favor. But he left the room, and he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to put a chain around your neck. I'm going to do this and that and the other. And so he blessed him. The king made Daniel a great man, gave him many great gifts to rule over the whole province of Babylon, chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon, then Daniel requested the king that he set up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with the affairs of the province. And Daniel sat at the gate of the king. My, 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 my. That's something else in it. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to pause here just for a minute, because it took that long to get the history of part of Daniel. And so it is so exciting and so wonderful, so blessed that we have this in the print, in the Word of God, talking about Daniel. We sing songs about Daniel. We read about Daniel. But we, I believe this time that we live right now, Daniel is a book we need to read. We can't push it aside. It is a prophetic book. It is a book that speaks to the lives of Christians. It's a book that speaks to all denominations, all of those who call ourselves Christian. That's who it speaks to. So in these last days, Mighty things are happening. And so these are the kingdoms that were set up. And I'll talk a little bit about those kingdoms in just a minute here. Having to do with, I, I mean, it's just so exciting. I just, you know, hear that, understand that, and talking about what God has done and put it all together, had all that together and more. So the difference in these kingdoms, they were diverse in every which way. Now, here's some history. So Nebuchadnezzar's father died, and he was the sole king of the Babylonian Empire. Egypt was defeated, Babylon was supreme, and Nebuchadnezzar was Earth's greatest sovereign. Can you imagine that? With all this in mind, Nebuchadnezzar, the emperor of the world, he dreamed a dream that he couldn't get over. And God showed him the course of the times of the Gentiles, and furthermore into that, showing of what this time shall and will be, but the king forgot the dream. And because he forgot the dream, he wanted the sorcerers, the Chaldeans, the people that had astrology, to come and show him. They couldn't do it. And the king was so mad, he said, I'm ready to kill them all. And so what happened, as they stood before the king, and said, you said no king has ever asked that. No one's ever told you that. Nobody's ever said that. And finally got to where Daniel was. They went and found Daniel and said, you better do something. All these wise men, all of us are going to, we're, we're going to lose our heads. We're going to be dead. And so Daniel went to prayer. He had his young men with him. They all prayed. We don't know if they fasted or whatever they did. But they were moving in a direction that God had planned for them. And so as Daniel started seeking the Lord, God gave him the information. And this is so amazing about this, how 
it shows you the world empires, what they were like. The things that we're just amazed at some of the things that causes these things in our lives, in our hearts. Now, the first world empire represented was Babylon. Do some history on it. Take a history book. Look at it for a while. It'll give you information concerning how important Babylon was. That's what it was that time. But there again, they went askew because they didn't release themselves to God. Now, you know the story having to do with the fact of Jonah. Jonah went to Nineveh. That was around that area. But Nineveh, again, was a large city. But I believe in these last days that God wants to touch the large cities. He wants to touch them by the power of his spirit. He wants to cause revival to come. And so as we would pray, then God will release dreams and visions to us about some cities that we know about. God's going to start doing that. And it's going to be on the increase instead of the decrease because we're living so close to the end of time. So in this first world empire in Babylon, it says you are the head of gold. Secondly, the world empire was Persia. Thirdly, the world empire was Greece. Fourth was the world empire representing Rome, and Rome connected with the feet and the toes having to do with the clay, the iron and the clay mixed. So in these kingdoms that we talk about was such an amazing thing. And if you look at that, it, it says in the plains of Dura that that was there built up, caused that thing to be, and caused those things to happen in that particular arena and direction of talking about the end times. And notice that where the stone hit, the stone hit in the end times. The stone came at the feet, breaking all religions, breaking all the things that the enemy has tried to purport and put on the church. My, 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 my. We are living in those days, friends. That's one of the reasons why we must present ourselves before the Lord and we must get a great desire in our heart to read about prophecy, to read the book of Daniel, to read about Ezekiel, to read about the great prophets of God and how they operated in the call that God had put on their hearts. I believe in the last days that that will actually happen and come to pass. And I have seen it happen many times that God is using men and women of God of prophecy to bring forth. Now, we're not talking about somebody having, you know, some pizza, a pizza dream, nothing about that at all. No, we're talking about people that have sought the face of God, have prayed, and at night the Lord gives them certain dreams, tells them about things, gives them information. Now, in these last days, which we are living in right now, we are going to see an acceleration of the Spirit of God. Along with that acceleration, what we will see. Now, what I want to take you to, I want to take you to the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 18. Every time that Israel came in to a country, they had to conquer the demonic side. And so... Here in the 18th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, it is amazing, totally amazing. And what they had to deal with all the time, they had to deal with the religion. They had to break it down and come against it with the authority of God's word. 
in that 18th chapter, pages are kind of sticking together, and that I have it. But it's right here. And this is, you know, talking about those things. It said, uh, now, this is verse 9 of chapter 18 of Deuteronomy. He said, when you are coming to the land which the Lord God gives you, you shall not learn to do after the abomination of these nations. You see that? There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or daughter to pass through the fire, or uses divination, or an observer of the times, an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter after familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination to the Lord. Because these things, abomination, the Lord does drive them out from before you. Then he goes on to say, you will be perfect and mature with the Lord your God. For these nations which and that you possess listened unto the observer of times, unto the diviners, but as for you, the Lord your God hath not permitted you to do so. That's what's at right there. So we have a spiritual battle going on. That's what we're going to have to the end of time. But I've got good news for you. We win every time. <laughs> we win all the time. Every time, all the time, that God causes revelation to come to his people and will call these things, no matter what the devil is trying to do, all the things that he tries to do, causing fear and things of that nature, we bind it up in the name of Jesus. All right. Now go back to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Again, when they come into the land, God says, this is what you're to do with your children. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words which I command you this day, and what are you going to do after that? They shall be in your heart. You will teach them to your children. That's what you will do, diligently. You teach them diligently unto your children and talk of them when you rise up, when you sit down, when you walk by the way, when you rise up and lay down, all that. And you will bind them for sign upon your head, in your front lips, between your eye. You write them upon the, the post of your house and upon the gates. And talking about what God wants to do, I'm telling you what, we have these exciting times. And so we have just basically touched on the first chapter and the second chapter, and I'm so amazed that our time has departed from us so what I want to do right now, I want to receive the Holy Communion. If you have the communion ready, we receive the communion on Tuesday. And uh, it's one of the most important things. We, we can never get away from that. One of the things I don't quite understand, why the communion is a certain time. I believe it should be maybe even at the first part of the service. We give it honor. But uh, we're taking the Holy Communion, and we're reading from Matthew, the 26th chapter. You get your communion ready. We're ready to receive the uh, communion of the Lord. You might call it the Eucharist or the Last Supper, whatever you want to call it, but it is the communion that we take. In the 26th chapter of Matthew, and in verse 26, that's why I say 26, 26, Matthew 26, 26, having to do with the fact that they were going to have Passover together, they were going to have that, the Lord brought them together and they had the Holy Communion, they were in the upper room, 
and they were in a special room that they provided for them. This is the 26th chapter. And this is what it says. It said, uh, notice what it has to do in respect to that, that the Lord wants to bring the communion to us and cause his blessing to come to us and through us and to cause the things of heaven to come our direction. <clears throat> and uh, notice how important it was that he has desired. I have desired. I have desired. And he talks about that time of coming together and talking about what he is doing. Hallelujah. That the Lord will provide and show us exactly all the information we have in respect to that. So let, let's again, uh, uh, but, well, let's look over here in First Corinthians 11. We'll look at that one first, and then we had some others. First in First Corinthians chapter 11, talking about the Holy Communion, and this is what it says. <clears throat> Excuse, okay, here we are. It said, uh, "For I have received of the Lord that also which I delivered unto you." That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also, he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. And this do ye, as oft as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Now, one of the things about Smith Wigglesworth, he took the communion every day because he taught this scripture. He taught this scripture saying that you can take it. If you have reverence, you feel that God wants you to do it, you can take it every day. But don't let it become common. Don't, don't let it just become, you know, just another deal. But we honor receiving the Holy Communion. And so that's what he's talking about. As often as you do that, you show the Lord death till he come. Then it goes on to say, Whosoever shall eat of this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord and worthily shall be guilty in the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, but let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. He eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many are asleep. That means premature death. But we will judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we're judged, we're chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. All right? Take the bread that you have in your hand, and we will receive that right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the house of bread. And he is the living bread. <laughs> Hallelujah. So as we take the bread that we hold in our hand, this is the life of the Son of God. And so as we take this life and take it into our bodies, we expect and believe that healing shall come to every part of our being. Shall we eat together? Hallelujah. <laughs> Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bible says, drink ye all of it. So we take the cup. This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Ha <laughs> ha. Hallelujah. Whatever you've been facing, whatever you've been challenged with, in the name of Jesus, 
The blood is greater than your problem. The blood is greater than your need. His blood is greater than any attack. His blood sets you totally free. His blood causes liberty. Oh, hallelujah. So as we drink together, let this communion come inside and through you be a testimony and a witness to the world. Shall we drink together? Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 You better shout the praises of God. Shout the praises of God. Start thanking him. Give me praise. Give him glory. Give him honor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, he's so good. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. Right now, just raise your hand. Whatever sickness you have in your body has to leave your body right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I rebuke every sickness. I rebuke off the rash. I rebuke the pain in the neck. I rebuke headache pain. I rebuke pain in your legs. I rebuke the pain in your back. I rebuke any kind of pain in your body. Have to go. Go, 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 go. Now, in the name of Jesus. In Espanol, ahora, ahora, ahora. Fuego de Dios. Ahora. Gracias, Señor. Gracias, gracias, gracias. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, my, my, my. His presence is so wonderful, so so beautiful. I'm receiving just the waves of the Spirit. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm standing up with my hand raised to heaven and thanking God for what he is doing in my body, in through my body, through my neck, through my arms, through my legs, every part of my being, I am receiving a download from heaven. That's what you need to receive right now. Receive, 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 receive. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Word of the Lord tells us that the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. It's found in John chapter 6, verse 63. John 6, 63. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Hallelujah. So as we have spoken about words of life, sing them over again to meet the wonderful words of life. Hallelujah. We have the life of God in us, through us, around us, causing his blessing to come on us and overtake us. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know if the signal would probably leave if I'd leave the room. I'm not going to leave the room. But my spirit wants to run around the house. <laughs> Great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised in the city of our God and the mountain of his holiness, beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth. Is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. That's the Psalms. Start letting yourself just release yourself to the Holy Spirit of God. Release yourself. Release your heart, release your mind, release every part of your body, and let the joy of the Lord fill you right now. Fill, 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 fill. Fill you right now. All right now, right now, right now, right now, right. Not only let, let the peace of God flow like a river through your life. Notice that the river of God flows down from the throne of heaven. From under the throne, the Bible says, the river is flowing. Hallelujah. There is a river that makes glad. <laughs> that makes us glad. There is a river that flows from the throne of God. 
Let that river flow down from heaven today upon you. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. I don't know about you, but I'm caught up in praise right now. I tell you. Praise and worship and bless in the name of the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. Hallelujah. Ah. Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to rise upon you and give you peace. I'm going to turn this back to Deborah, to Adam. You have a great night. Now, don't miss it. Now, Monday again, we're going to be dealing with another subject, and I'll tell you that a little bit later on. But I tell you, we're going to have a great time. Monday nights from 8 to 9. Tuesday is from 6 to 7, and then we take the Holy Communion, the part. So we experienced Chapter 1 and Chapter 2. Next time when we come back, we'll be in Daniel Chapter 3. We might do a little review, just a short review. We come back and talk about a few things. So nice being with you. May the Lord bless you and keep you and face shine upon you and give you peace. Praise so God. It's wonderful. Man of We've had a great time. Yeah. And the only time of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I can't talk fast enough. I want to try to get it out as fast as I can. I can't talk that fast. I know. The <laughs> 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 oh, anointing is so strong in here. I feel like I'm in a in, in a shower of yeah. hot water. Yeah, I know, I know. It's like you're walking in a hot shower. Right, right. You're walking in a hot shower. Yeah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh, it's been wonderful. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank mm-hmm. you. So, yeah, you had an awesome time. Yeah. And, and you see, any time we meet together, any time, any time we meet together, we have the presence of God. For it says we're two or three gathered together in my name. I'm right in the middle of it. So any time we meet together, whether on the phone or any other way, we just know that God is with us. God is with us. The God of the universe is with us. His Son, Holy Spirit, walking in fellowship, having his wonderful walk in glory. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God, we've had a time. Thank you again for making this available. We'll be talking a little later on, okay? Right. You have a great night. All right. Thank you. Same to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, everyone, I'm powerful and his anointing. And just to let you know if you have any prayer requests or if you have any questions for Dr. Frank Summerall, you can email Fire Talk Radio and the number two at yahoo.com. That is Fire Talk Radio, the number two at yahoo.com. And if you have any prayer requests, you can call 1 866 857 4837. And you can call them. Live operators are standing by between. 7 and 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or between 11 and 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you don't, if you, you can call anytime really, 24-7, and you can press, like, number one for a certain prayer and number two, you know, press buttons, and there'll be an on-fire person on the other end praying for you. So just 
Uh, and you can also go to revival.com and you can watch uh, the church on Sunday at 10 a.m. or 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, it's been a wonderful time. And just know that you're loved, you're valuable, you're accepted in the beloved. And I'm glad that you're joining us for this time of wonderful uh, ministry and anointing and uh, great teaching by Dr. Frank Sumrall. And that will be next Monday at 8 p.m. is our next live show. And also Tuesday at 6 p.m. for the Bible study like was tonight. So, again, if you have any any questions, you can you can email us or call us. And just remember that we love you. And if nobody's ever told you that God loves you and has a great plan for your life, I just want to let you know right now that he loves you so much and he has a great plan for your life. And God forbid if today was your last day on earth, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? If you're not sure... You know, the Holy Bible reads that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you want to make sure you're going to go to heaven, just mean it with your heart and repeat out loud after me. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins, wash me, cleanse me, set me free. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again from the dead. I believe that you're coming back again for me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost, a hunger for the things of God, and a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am saved. I am born again. I am forgiven. And I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. I want to let you know if you prayed that prayer, you are forgiven. All your sins are forgiven. You always remember to run to God and not from God because he loves you so much and he has a great plan for your life you can call that number 1-866-857-4837 anytime you can um, call even a message let them know you prayed on fire talk radio to receive Jesus and uh, that you're calling for prayer or you can email on revival.com you can email them revival.com slash prayer I believe it is so just remember that you're loved, you're a new creation in Christ, and that you're valuable. And until we meet again, know that you are accepted in the beloved, and you're special, and God loves you so much that if you were the only person in the world, he would have died for you. Until we meet again, God bless.